Hey, it's Tony and Jenny Bruski from Real Ghost Stories Online. We absolutely love giving you the show every single day, Monday through Friday, for free. But uh, it's not free to produce. And if you'd like to keep the show on the air, we ask for your support and become an EPP. When you become an EPP, you get more than 23 bonus episodes of the show to listen to. These are exclusive episodes that are only available to our EPPs with some of the best stories we've ever gotten on them. Please help keep Real Ghost Stories online on the air. And become an EPP today, an extra podcast person, on the website realghoststoriesonline.com. It's only five bucks a month. You get all the extras and the knowledge that you're keeping this show going. Please, and thank you. Welcome to Real Ghost Stories Online. Call in your Real Ghost Story now at 855 853 4802 or writing at real You are about to enter the world of the unknown and quite possibly the undead. This is Real Ghost Stories Online. Today, a listener shares a conversation with a family member they never met why they feel this person is their guardian angel. A boarding school for troubled boys may cause some residents to feel even more troubled. A man's childhood fear of the attic still lingers into adulthood. And what did he see that could be keeping his fears very much alive? And two friends go to class and eat lunch together at school, only to have one find out the other was home sick all day long. Those stories, your calls, and more tonight on Real Ghost Stories Online. Tony and Jenny Bruski joining you once again. How are you? I'm doing well. Is that going to be some doppelganger action there at the end? Where the uh, Quite possibly. It sounds bizarre. The phrase doppelganger action sounds more bizarre. That sounds kind of cr- bizarre and sexual, doesn't it? It does. I wasn't even thinking of that. <laughs> well, there you go. Oh, there you go. That's what you get here at Real Ghost Stories Online. Uh, 855-853-4802 is our phone number to call in and uh, share your real ghost story with us. Of course, you can also write in on the website at realghoststoriesonline.com. Uh, lots of ways to uh, to get those stories in to us. Uh, call or letter tonight uh, we like to kick off the show with? Start with a call. Start with a call. Yeah. All right, let's go to uh, this one. I don't know where it's from, but here you go. Hi. Hi. Um, my story starts, well, first off, I want to say ever since I was little, I've always been able to see and hear things. Um, the particular story I want to tell you about, though, starts at around 2006. I was sleeping, and out of nowhere, I woke up. And right hovering over me was this dark shadow or cloud. I really don't know how to describe it, but it was right on top of me and it had human eyes. When I jumped up to like fight whatever it was that was on me, I literally saw it go up in the ceiling and then down into a shadow on the floor. I figured, you know what, I'm probably just having a nightmare. I'm just imagining things, no big deal. Well, Later that year, I had had some surgery on my stomach. And while I was in the hospital, again, I woke up. And in front of my bed, there were about three or four shadows. or I mean, you could tell there were were individual little shadows. They were just standing there over my bed. And when I looked, tried to get a closer look, sat up to look, they were gone. 
So then I'm going to say this was around 2007. This is actually the one that has scared me the most. Um, I was staying at my sister's and I was, her bed, her and my niece were on their bed and I was sleeping on a mattress in front of their bed. Um, I woke up and again, I see this dark mist, blacker than the black. Um, it was just there in front of my bed. I wear glasses, I'm nearsighted, so I got up to get like a closer look to see, you know, hey, what is that? Is somebody here? You know, what's going on? Well, when I did that, this mist or shadow, whatever you want to call it, literally glided to the side of my bed where my niece was sleeping. The moment I saw that shadow fall to the bed, my niece started screaming, kicking, asking for help. I jumped on the bed. My sister was there. We were shaking her like, hey, what's wrong? Are you okay? Um, my mother and my father and my brother were in bed. We woke them up. They came, my brother kicked the door down, and when my mom turned on the lights, there was nothing. My niece was terrified. She said that she felt like if something was on top of her, like their knees were holding her hands down or her arms down and was suffocating her. Um, my mother, who is a born-again Christian, really, um, she goes to church and all. Uh, she said when she went into the room, she felt that it was very cold and she sensed evil. Uh, I want to say about the last couple of years, I've been seeing these shadows. Um, it's not only at home. I'll see them in public places, little shadows in the corner of my eye. Um, I really didn't think too much of it until, again, it started coming to me when I'm asleep. Uh, I'll wake up again, like all the other times, and there'll be a shadow on the side of me. The ones I've been seeing lately have been just the shadow mist, um, no facial features, nothing. The moment I see it, it disappears. Um, these last two were actually a grayish color. Uh, and it's always when I'm asleep, I wake up to them. Now, I've been told maybe you're dreaming, um, maybe it could be the medications you take because I... I'm epileptic and I take numerous uh, seizure medications. But at the same time, years before, I never took those medications. So I really don't know what's going on. Um, I don't feel threatened by it. I just feel like it's watching me. I, um, I really don't know how else to describe it, but I would really like to know what's going on. Why do I keep seeing this? Um, I, if y'all have any idea or just let me know, um, again, thanks for hearing my story and y'all have a good one. Thanks. Bye. I'm going to open this one up to the message board. Yeah. Cause I really don't know. Only thing that kind of made me wonder is I, I wonder if, if not the medication for the epilepsy, but possibly having epilepsy might make you more of a target for this. Okay, I see your your point there where it, we do see these things tend to target folks uh, that are suffering with something. Yeah. yeah. I could see that. Uh, I, I think that she kind of ruled out um, you know, the medication thing with the fact that these things were happening previous to the medication going on. 
Right. So I don't think the medication is the cause of them by any means. But I think you're, yeah, you may be onto something. That might be it. it <clears throat> unfortunately, anytime you have something like that going on, it, it can make you an easy target for them. Yeah, I mean, for whatever reason, um, any sort of illness, ailment, uh, you name it. Um, condition that condition, you live with. Yeah, I mean, whatever it may be. Uh, for whatever reason, uh, these these things seem to view that as, as a, a weakness. And then they seem to, if you were to take a group of people, it would probably target that person. Yeah. Uh, in that room, whoever has uh, uh, the condition. So I wonder if that does play into this uh, equation somehow. And yeah, it would be interested, interesting to get uh, our community's thoughts up there in the forum on the website at realghoststoriesonline.com if someone wants to start that one up and uh, we can get some more feedback for you uh, that way. 855-853-4802 is our phone number here at Real Ghost Stories Online. Morgan writes in, hi guys, I'm a huge fan of your show. I'm writing to tell you about an experience that happened to me when I was younger. From a very early age, around seven or so, I was obsessed with the paranormal. Being so, I asked my father if he had seen any ghosts, hoping to get a new story out of him. The story I got was not something I expected. He told me that I had seen a ghost when I was about three years old. When I was small, I'd take baths and my parents wouldn't always have the time to watch me, so they'd have me sing the ABCs or count loudly to make sure I was okay. One day, my father heard me talking and it wasn't the normal singing or counting. I was talking to someone. When I got out, my father asked who I was talking to and I said, Pepe. Pepe was my mother's grandfather, who had died while she was pregnant with me. They didn't have the best relationship, so they never talked about him, and there was no way I could have known who Pepe was. My dad went on to question what he was doing, to which I responded, going and catching and shooting the bad guys. Pepe was a police officer his whole life. After that, my father took out the wedding album and asked me to pick out the family members I knew, like my aunt and uncle, and ended up picking Pepe out of the picture. To this day, I feel an unexplained closeness whenever talking about or seeing a picture of my Pepe, and I strongly believe that he is my guardian angel. Well, who better to have as a guardian angel than a, a cop, <laughs> you know? Do ghost bullets work, though? I mean... No. Ghost tasers? I don't know. <laughs> it's just their inherent protective nature, I just think. Is fitting. Sure. I mean, the, the protective nature and the uh, the uber awareness yes. of everything around you. And I suppose in the afterlife, you can not only be aware of what's going on in this life, but what else may be lurking around the corner that's not so good. Yeah. That uh, may be in the, the spiritual realm. So, yeah, I can. I, I totally agree. I think it's probably a guardian angel. And we, we hear that, that type of story. Very often, where it seems that uh, a generation or two prior, uh, in a lot of cases, seems to be watching after the current ones. It's interesting, because they're watching after family that they never met, mm -hmm. you know? I, I don't know if I would feel that much of a bond towards offspring later on that I, you know, Didn't never know. met. Yeah. Like, like, our kids grandkids sure i mean i think maybe you don't love our kids grandkids no i'm not saying that i'm just how could you they're so cute <laughs> <I'm kidding. laughs> 
there's no way for me to not sound like an ass saying No, this, I know exactly so. what you're saying. I mean, how would you... Hell, I had great-grandparents. I had... I had uh, 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 I had a grandpa who really didn't give a shit about me. <laughs> so, uh, you know, there was, uh, you know, it just kind of depends on the individuals. Yeah. You know, but uh, it's uh, it's interesting. I'm, I'm wondering at some point, do uh, do you graduate into moving on after the generation you are there to watch after passes? You know, like, because eventually, you know, those kids that you're watching uh-huh. are going to die. And if this is how the cycle works, they're going to be then the ones that are watching the ones ahead. What happens if nobody has kids? Does it then it's like, oh, well, there's nobody to watch. Then are you done? Do you get to just kind of move on? Or is that where you can just randomly haunt people and really screw with them? I don't know. We don't know who this guy is. <laughs> <laughs> he just hangs out. Um, 855-853-4802 is our number. If you haven't already done so, please press subscribe on whatever platform it is you're listening to our show on. That way you will not miss any future episodes of the show. It helps us grow the community as well. James writes in, Hi, my name's James. I'm from Buckinghamshire, England. And these are stories from my school. Before I get started with these stories... I'll tell you about the school and the sort of people that went there. The school was a behavioral school for people, to put it nicely, who were thugs and would start fights and weren't scared of anything. The school was a boarding school and students would stay over during the week, then go home at the weekend. In one of the dorms, there'd be about seven rooms, quite small, but still comfortable. Before you get to the rooms, you would have to walk down a long corridor where there'd be toilets and a shower or two. Every time you walk down the corridor you get the feeling of dread or fear. You feel very heavy. The first story is about a student that was staying the night, and every time he stayed here, he'd suffer with bad nightmares. And one night, he started sleepwalking. Apparently, other students were awoken to see him looking at them from the door, and then he'd walk off when they told him to F off. But that night, in the middle of winter, he decided to open the window and threw himself out of it. He was only found because another student had woken up because he was cold and went to see whether it, where it was coming from. He went to shut it and looked out to see him at the bottom. When the teacher was speaking to his parents, they had said he had never suffered from sleepwalking, and apparently he hasn't since. The second story is a short one. One of the students was woken at night to a banging sound, and he began to look around but couldn't see anything. He then looked out of the window and saw two children kicking a ball up against the wall. They then ran towards the football pitch. The student was then found later that night by two teachers checking on the students, and he was sitting on his bed with his knees to his chest with a look of fear on his face. Thank you very much for all you do, and I look forward to every episode. Much love, James. I think that is the perfect storm of energy to conjure up all kinds of paranormal because you have a little bit of the type of feel, well, you have the school type energy, you have the prison type energy because they're there probably not because they want to be there, and you probably have a little bit of the asylum type energy because some of these kids have issues that aren't being addressed the right way. Sure. So, And you have the young, misguided energy and just the young teen energy in general where you have right. things that just tend to go to teens regardless because so of the energy. That would just be the perfect storm there. 
Now, how much of this do you think? Uh, I, I, I'd be interested to know how old the building was or how old the school was mm-hmm. um, to see how many students had come and gone through it in the past. Yeah. Because um, I'm wondering just how, what the mortality rate is beyond the school for some of these kids. Here's the thing, though. I don't know why, but I'm wondering if maybe that building wasn't something else before it was this school. Okay. Being over in the UK, sure, it could have been who knows how old and could have been any number of things. That's true. I, my thought process with, uh, and it sounds morbid and horrible with the mortality rate, though, but it's the reality of the situation is a lot of these kids, they're going to get out of this thing eventually, and a lot of them still are never going to get their their shit together or, or get the treatment that they need and uh, essentially are probably not going to progress past 30, you know, for sure. it's just it's the reality of the situation statistically i mean cer- certainly some do and they move on and they do great things in life but if you're looking at the statistics there's not very good ones for it yeah so i'm wondering with that being said uh how many of them come back and how many of these ghosts are former students of this place that have returned. That's where I'm going. But I'm thinking... Why you'd want to go back there. Yes, exactly. Why would you want to go back there? So that begs the question, do you get to pick where you get to haunt? I don't know. Do you get to pick where you get to haunt, or is it a case of, you know, it's it's all they know. They know, you know, negativity and misery, and uh, that's kind of the comfort and they are still drawn back to it in the afterlife. I don't know. It's a thought. It is a thought. I don't know. We never will know. <laughs> we say I don't know way too much on this show. 855-853-4802 is her phone number here at Real Ghost Stories Online. William writes in just a short one. I live in uh, Plumstead, which is in London, England. I've lived in my parents' current house since I was about seven in the late 80s. I think the house was built in the 50s or 60s. When we first moved there, I was always terrified of the loft hatch, which was in the ceiling outside of my parents' room, and right in front of the toilet door. At night, if I needed the loo, I would have to run under it and into the bathroom. I was convinced that there was a ghost or some sort of monster living up there. I annoyed my parents with my fear so much that eventually my dad put a chair under the hatch to make me climb on and look in the attic to prove there was nothing up there. Leading up to this terrifying moment, my mind was going crazy with what was up there. Was my face going to get eaten? Was I going to get pulled up, never to return? Fortunately, when I looked in there, there was nothing but insulation, rafters, and dust. Not scary at all. Then, when we all went downstairs, my mom and sister had come up to witness the horror as well. I was the last to go down. I looked back up to the hatch from the stairs and... Didn't know if I had a childhood hallucination because I was so scared of it. But as I looked, the outline of a fist appeared and pushed about six inches down. So the hatch sort of stretched down around the fist. The hatch is made from some sort of metal as far as I can tell. But there was no evidence of what I saw ever happening. Needless to say, I didn't mention this to my family. Even though it's the scariest thing I've ever seen. 
The only person I've told is my fiance Jasmine, and she's a big fan of yours. I'm an EPP due to her, and I also bought her a Pudding Poltergeist t-shirt for Christmas. She's creeped out by it because we are now living in my parents' old room. I'm still convinced I saw what I saw, whether it was a fear of a hallucination or something much creepier. Jasmine said I should write in and tell you my little story, so there it is. Thanks for taking the time to read it. I'd appreciate any feedback you might have. Also, if you do read this out, can you say hello to Jasmine for me? She would love it. Thanks again, Will. Hi, Jasmine. Thanks for getting Will turned on to the show. Yes. <laughs> and since you're good at getting people turned on to the show, I think you should just start wandering around your community telling everyone you know about it. <laughs> you know what I think it is? What? The Terminator. Terminator? The Terminator. Metal? With a hand going through? T2? Judgment Day? Okay. <laughs> yeah, that that's exactly what it is. <laughs> okay. Moving on to the next story. Uh <laughs> <laughs> No, I mean, that that's the image that conjured up in my mind. Sure. Because you remember Terminator 2, the, the liquid metal? I think it was like Mercury-esque type thing. I didn't get to watch any of the Terminators. That's the only one I saw, and I wasn't supposed to see it. Uh, it was one of those where I was sitting over at my cousin's house, and I was shocked that their mom let them rent this movie. I don't think she was aware of uh-huh. what was in the movie. Um, but they always were allowed to watch like R-rated movies. I don't know why. They were, I mean, they were very... like. Straight-laced family. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know. It was it was always kind of shocking to me. Anyhow, um, I remember watching Terminator over there and then telling my mom, hey, watch Terminator. <laughs> you watched what? Oh. Yeah. Yeah. I would love to have heard that phone call between sisters. You think? <laughs> uh, so anyhow, that's, that's what came to my mind. As far as what the hell it was, I don't know. Um, I mean, that's, you know... We're talking about manipulating objects here. No. Remember last night we talked about not manipulating the object or the person. But hey, manipulating what the person's seeing? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's true. Because there's no way that metal would have stretched like that. No, you're right. I mean, although anything is possible in this realm of our show. I know, but what I'm thinking as far as the the more possible of the possibilities is that it it changes the way you view things. Sure. It being the entity, I mean, changes the way you're viewing things. So it was messing with you. So essentially a ghost brought on hallucination. Yeah, essentially. Not a hallucination that's happening because there's something wrong with you. Mm -hmm. uh, But something that was triggered you to see this because with its frosted lucky charm magical power essentially well that's yeah that's what i'm going yeah with. i mean that's that's kind of what i think okay you know i i i agree i was just being sarcastic because i wanted to say you know with its power but i then all of a sudden like the words like frosted lucky charms came to mind and lucky charms magically delicious i don't know we were talking about irish things earlier in the day and yes we were and it's corn beef and cabbage and <laughs> <laughs> lucky charms oh yeah so no, that's that's what I think. Um, there you go. May not be still preying on you, though, because you're not a child anymore. It's moved on to the other neighborhood children. Maybe. Now, what you should do is dress up like the metal man or, or you know, or the metal. Oh, he's probably doing other things to other kids. The metal just was a cer- You were just a victim of that circumstance. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> 
I'm just trying to figure out ways to torture the local children. Nez writes in, Hi guys, my name is Nez and I currently live in Sydney, Australia. I'm a new listener and I love your podcast. I listen to them while I am at work because I couldn't listen to them at night as I would never get to sleep. So I'm originally from Perth in Western Australia. This story is about my aunt's house in Perth. My aunt and uncle separated when I was very young, the beginning of high school. I was in year eight. She moved into this quiet street in a very nice suburb. It was a simple home with three bedrooms and lots of living space, and there was a large outdoor area and backyard. It would have been a great new space for them after a bad split. So my aunt moved in along with my three cousins. I was very close with my cousins as we grew up together, so I was over almost every single weekend. Or every weekend that I could go. I went to the same high school as them, so I'd also visit after school on certain days. They lived at this address for many years. In the beginning, I guess nothing really stood out as creepy to me. The only thing is, at night, the house would make you feel uneasy in certain areas, like the kitchen and dining room. This had large open windows that overlooked the outdoor area in the backyard. Time went on and my cousins started getting the idea that the house was haunted. They would tell each other stories about experiences they were having in the house. Things that would happen that freaked them out. My eldest cousin one day showed me a trick that he believes the entity in the house would do. When you sit in the lounge, the door to the main bedroom can be seen while sitting on the couch. This door was always opened or slightly ajar. My cousin would say, Okay, now see how I'm closing this door? Then he'd force the door closed. The carpet was a plush wool-like carpet, so the door had to always be pushed closed or it would never close on its own. After he closed it, we'd watch some TV, and then after an unknown amount of time, we looked over and the door was opened. He said to me he could make it happen regularly, and it was rather frightening as a kid. But my experience was the last night I ever spent in that house. I would have been five years old after they moved in, and... One Friday night, we were all over. My eldest cousin and friends uh, were over because they were off to the beach early in the morning. So at about 3 a.m., he woke me up so I could move my car from behind his so he could drive out. I did so and slowly made my way back to my cousin's bedroom afterwards. I lay back down and was still awake when I heard running coming up the driveway. It was concrete and this was heavy running, so I assume he forgot something at home. I almost stood up to let him in when I heard the metal screen door fling open and it hit the stopper like someone was rushing to get in. I stopped suddenly as it felt like something was wrong. Then I heard the front door open and then three other doors in the house open and shut at the same time. By this moment, I knew it was the entity in the house and I was finally experiencing it. The footsteps came up to the door of the bedroom. My cousin hung a small wind chime from the door handle as she was already aware of the entity before and wanted to be woken if it was opening the door. The entity pushed a heavy weight against the door and the chimes moved. At this point, I was utterly terrified and I could not move or scream out of pure fear. The pushing against the door was occurring maybe once every couple of minutes. Then it slowed down, maybe once every five minutes, but it didn't stop. It was not a good feeling. I knew it was evil, but I wasn't sure if it wanted to come in or scare me or to just let me know it was there. 
as this was the first time I had experienced anything since the door incident a few years ago. I couldn't sleep. It kept going. I was so frightened I couldn't and didn't do anything or scream or say anything. The sun started rising close at 5 a.m. and it finally stopped. Because I was so terrified, I fell asleep the moment I noticed it had stopped. When I woke up, I told my aunt and my cousins about my ordeal and promised I would never sleep there again. To this day, I have not. After that, the family got together and we all spoke about our experiences, each with their own distinct experience with this entity. We concluded that it was not a positive entity as none of our experiences were of positive nature, although none of us were ever hurt. They moved out since, and we still talk about the things that would go on in that house. Thank you for listening to my story. Thanks for the great show, and keep up the work. Cheers, Nez. It sounded like, from the way the story went, one of the people left the house to go somewhere, Mm -hmm. and then the entity almost like ran in and started wreaking havoc. Like, do do you think people or an individual can prevent an entity from coming out? Like, is the ghost afraid of the person? Or is there an energy that a person can exude that would make an energy or uh, an entity rather not come out? I don't think it can scare it, but it, it just sounded like it took its it took that opportunity to come running in, almost like mm-hmm. it was waiting for that person to leave before it could come in and start messing with things. Like the parents are away. Yeah. I wonder if they're aware though of sometimes if the if it doesn't want to reveal itself to a certain individual, if it knows that that certain individual may have a tactic for getting rid of it Could that the be. others don't know about. And that's why it won't reveal itself to certain people. I I would do that if I were a entity trying to make sure I could extend my existence. Sure. I would definitely do that. It's survival of the fittest ghosts. Yeah. Natural selection after death. <laughs> I think we just invented something new. <laughs> yeah. Very interesting story. Thank you for uh, for writing in and sharing that with us here at Real Ghost Stories Online. By the way, if you want more Real Ghost Stories, and become an EPP. That's the extra podcast person program that we have going on. That would be EPPP, I believe, if we But then you have to say person. PP every that, day. That's a lot of P's. So EPP. And I do say PP every day because I'm saying EPP. Anyhow. That's true, you are. I already am. <laughs> I already, it just adds an extra P to it. Sorry, I'm, I'm just not all here today <laughs> you get a bonus episode by the way every single week we're up to uh, 24 right now the next email is going to have 25 in it you get access to all those uh, and the five bucks a month really what it goes to is keeping the show alive and uh, and funded so we can continue to to run the show essentially keep the uh, the web hosting costs taken care of the bandwidth costs all that fun stuff that goes along with doing a show that's become popular uh, so please five bucks a month uh, your support is very much appreciated we love doing the show but we can only do it with your support so and you get all the extras too so it's a nice little bonus sign up at realghoststoriesonline.com if you don't mind thank you very much please and thank you uh darian writes in hey guys 
My name's Darian, and today I have a doppelganger story for you. Before I start, I just want to say I'm a big fan of the show. I actually listen to you guys as I write this. I'm not an EPP yet, but I shall become one very soon. Yes, you shall. (laughs) (laughs) I love what you do. Anyway, it's about three years ago. And I was sick at the time, staying home from school. I was relaxing at home, sipping on my tea. And my closest friend, we'll call him JT, knocked on my door. Then he let himself in as always. Then asked me how I beat him here. I was confused and asked what he was talking about. Then he said that he and I were hanging out at school and during class. Surprised, he looked at him and said, I've been home all day, I'm sick. And now he looked confused. He said he and I were hanging out during and after class was out, like always. He and I went for a smoke after class and then went for lunch. He said, like always, I bought a poutine, which at my high school often tasted like cardboard. Then after we ate, we went for another smoke like usual. And he said, I mentioned walking home because I didn't feel too good. Lived about an hour walk away. He said, okay, I'm going to meet up with my girlfriend and I'm going to bus it down and chill. By bus, it takes about 10 minutes to get near my house with no traffic. He was uh, finishing his cigarette, and as he watched me walk down the road, I told him again that I was home the whole time playing Xbox and sipping tea. At first, he never believed me. Then he learned to keep an open mind after his experience. But I'll save that until I get more details from him. Again, guys, thanks for doing what you do, and I have a few more stories, so keep an eye out for me. I got my girlfriend hooked on the show and a few of my friends. I'll become an EPP as soon as I can. Hope this makes it on the air. Thanks, guys. Bye. Okay, so the doppelganger ate lunch. That's interesting. And it it doesn't sound like the doppelganger was all that awkward either. It sounds like the doppelganger was pretty normal. Yeah. Interesting. And also, the doppelganger even mentioned not feeling well. I was going to say, you know, he said he was sitting at home playing Xbox. Mm-hmm. I, my, my question was going to be, was he at home sleeping? Did he astro project to school? Yeah, but if he was sitting there playing Xbox, yeah, I don't know. It would not be necessarily a, you know, any sort of conscious or, you know, meditative astral projection. Although people can get pretty engrossed in games. Yeah. They can sit there and almost look like a zombie for a long period of time. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't even know where to begin on trying to figure that one out. I I just can't. It's paranormal, but that's about all I got. That's all I got, too. Anyone have any ideas on that one? Feel free to uh, start a thread up on the forum at uh, realghoststoriesonline.com. We have to say .com for the rest of our lives. You know, I think we're going to have to. Because there's all those other dot everything. There's, you know, dot net, dot this, dot org, dot blah, blah, blah. I was just always hoping that that'd be one of those things that would eventually be phased out. No, www finally went away. Yeah. You have to say that. You know, you're really talking to like my mom or something. (laughs) Okay. I I put in like you ask her for a web address or something. And well, I just put it into the Google. Or if she actually has a URL, it's... Okay, you ready? You have a pen? Okay. H-T-T-P colon backslash backslash W-W-W dot... Wait. Did I have enough T's in there? Go back. Go back. Just go back. You pick on your mom too much. (laughs) 
I love my mom. I know. <laughs> That's how it goes sometimes. How do you copy and paste this? <laughs> oh, Tony, I know how to copy and paste. That's exactly what she's saying right now as she listens to the show. Your parents gave up on the show. So. <laughs> yeah, we can say all we want about my parents. I don't think they are going to listen ever again. Uh, Anonymous writes in, Hi guys, it's great to write to you both again. I've written before with my real name, but this time I decided to do this anonymously just in case someone in my family or group of friends is listening. Oh, it's fun to alienate your family. Just say who they are. (laughs) (laughs) I feel this is a very personal story, but I want to share it because it may help younger people like me find what they need or could be used as advice for young sensitives or empaths. This is where I'd like to have that NBC The More You Know sound play. The do-do-do-do. The more you know. Remember that little, like, PSA thing where, like, someone would pop on and be like, Drugs. They could really kill you and mess up your life. Just look at Bobby Brown. Do-do-do-do. The more you know. I mean, it wasn't quite <laughs> like that, but... <laughs> That's kind of how the, that sort of thing works. Ah, uh, yes. Also, I have a small request, and I hope it's not too much trouble. But I was wondering if Jenny could possibly read the story. I feel it would be a lot stronger coming from her. Sorry, Tony, as she is an empath and a mother, and may have a stronger connection with this, too. Thank you. So let's begin. You want to read it? I'll read it. Okay. Well, you got to come over here. All right. Do you want to just change spots? Come here and sit on my lap, little I'm girl. not going to do that. <laughs> come over and tell Santa what you want. Shit. Can <laughs> we come edit tell, that come out? Come and tell Krampus what you want for Christmas. <laughs> no. Uh, I'm going to leave that part in there. Okay. You just want to sit over here where you can see the computer? Yeah. Let's just trade okay. spots. Right. We're trading places, just like the television show. It's trading spaces, right? It's trading spaces. It used to be a really popular show. It's not on anymore. Or is it? I don't know. Okay. Okay. Now I'm in the control seat. Let's see how this goes. Ever since I was young, I've been a sensitive. It runs in my family as my dad is a sensitive and my mom and sister are empaths. As you can imagine, a lot of things have happened to my family and I because of this. We've dealt with many a ghost, evil spirits, witches, children, spirits passing through, and even angels. My father has spoken to the spirit of my grandmother and grandfather a few hours after their deaths. My sister has woken up at night to warn wandering spirits to, well, piss off. And my mother has visions in the past of guardian angels helping my family. I have dreams that warn me when things will happen though not as often as when I was younger, which I'm grateful for. Anyway, much of these things don't happen as frequently as they did when we were all younger, especially when we received two wonderful gifts, our own warriors against spirits, my two dogs. My sister has been told in a dream that the activity in the home would subside because the spirits are afraid of my dogs. I've seen this as my two dogs have chased out a number of spirits and so far none of them have come inside our house, which I'm grateful for. I continue to pray to the saints that the house be protected by not only the light and love of my my father and mother, but also by our warrior dogs. Anyway, the real story actually has to do with our abilities. My mom's sister and I regularly have conversations about things that can range from celebrities to movies and so on. 
Well, a few years ago, when we got our first little warrior, my sister was talking about her dream. My mom began to comment on the meaning, and as we started getting deeper and deeper into the conversation, my mom told my sister how she truly believed her to be an empath. She had done a lot of research, and everything that came up matched my sister perfectly. My mom began to explain the reasons why my sister and I had to deal with so many spiritual things in our lives, and the things my mother deals with as well. The one thing my mom pointed out was our light. Now, my family and I have this belief that every spirit in this world, whether alive or not, has a special light, and every light is different. Some people who may struggle in life could have a dimmer light than others. People with special spiritual abilities have very bright light, which can welcome spirits and living people. Have you girls ever noticed that the people in your lives are people who struggle a little in theirs? My mom said, it's because they are drawn to you, to what you have to offer, to what you can do. They feel the warmth of your light and know you can protect them. I asked her if it was the same with dead and she said it was. The reason why we experienced so much was because we were open to the dead. They could see our light and know that we can sense them and see them, which is why they are always drawn to us, asking for help. This is where my abilities kicked in during the conversation. I felt something whisper in my mind and I listened for a few moments as my mom spoke to my sister. When I tuned to them, when I turned to them and blurted out, we aren't supposed to deal with the dead. My mom and sister turned to me with confused looks, so I decided to elaborate more. I began to explain that I have a sense that we aren't supposed to deal with the dead, that our light isn't meant for that. I believe that our light is different from people who have, to contact, who have contact with the dead regularly, like mediums, psychics, and other sensitives. I felt both spiritually, mentally, and emotionally that we... All three of us are not designed or sent down on this earth to converse with anyone who may have passed. Sure, we can, we have the abilities, but our light is for the living. My mom nodded her head at me and said, I sense a saint I told you that. Why do you say that? Because those are the words of a saint and I have a strong sense for those things. To elaborate, I believe that some empaths and sensitives don't have these abilities just to help the dead of course they can and if they feel that is why they have them then i applaud all of you for having the patience and courage to do that however some of us are designed to help the living i'm going back to what my mom said about how people have troubles in their lives gravitate towards us if any sensitive or empath out there understands this then your light may be able to help the living which is why, on that day, I closed my door to the spirits and that door has been closed for a very long time. I no longer deal with the dead. I don't dare to try either. If I sense someone needs help, that is not my duty. They need to find a person who can spiritually help them, but God sent me here to help the living and I have devoted my life to just that. The same goes for my sister. She's a social worker who helps house mentally ill and unstable victims of substance abuse. And I am an art and substitute teacher who is constantly encouraging my students to do their very best. And a lot of them, 
and a lot of the time letting them know that if they ever need help, I am here. I've been a good person to go to for advice and feel that I can connect with the kids really well since I suffered a lot in school. However, that's another story for another time. I can still sense spirits knocking on my door and I know that if I ever decide to open it, which I never will, that a flood of something will come pouring in and I'd rather not deal with that. I still have dreams, I can still sense things, and I see things from time to time, but my life is dedicated to helping and teaching. However, please note that this job is just as difficult as dealing with the dead. Humans can be very difficult to handle sometimes, and I do tend to shut down during the day because of them. Still, I sincerely have so much respect for those who help the dead and pray you are well on your journeys. I have no patience for them, to be honest, and I am sometimes irritable enough dealing with the living. So, I thought this would help anyone who has difficulty with both sides of the spiritual realm, and hopefully one day soon you will know what you need to do. I can understand if anyone disagrees with me, that's totally fine, but this is knowledge... But this knowledge has always helped shape me and has even helped me find my way to a good career. Thank you for reading my story and sorry it's so long. I hope you all listening have a great day and may your light shine bright so you can help other people's light shine bright too. Thank you, Tony and Jenny, for a great show and please keep doing what you're doing. Have a great day, night, or afternoon. How often do you think it is where somebody is uh, like counseling a or helping uh, someone in the living and then that person passes on and they still have to help them on the other side? I don't know. I, I don't. I would imagine that would happen more if it's somebody you know. Sure. I see like in family dynamics. Yeah. You know, happening more than than anything. But it's a very interesting take on things of essentially shutting off the dead mm-hmm. and and just focusing all that energy and that gift to the living and not letting it essentially be taken up by people who've already had their time and uh, or things that we're never walking that are just trying to suck the light out. Well, I've always believed just because you can do something doesn't always mean you should. Sure. You know, I think the water from Neil Diamond. I knew turn you were gonna, on your hotline. I could have placed money on that you would sing that particular song. <laughs> See, I was debating when I wanted to do it. I was like, I could just immediately break into it right when you ended the story, or I could talk a little bit and then go into song. And ladies and gentlemen, that's what happens when Tony has 10 minutes to sit and listen to me read a story. I can just sit there the whole time and contemplate yeah. what's what my comebacks are going to be. You can plan all that. Yep, exactly. Do you want to switch spots again? I think we should because you know how to run the call. Let's play musical chairs. Okay. Here we go. That was fun. I don't like your headset. I didn't get a chair. Your headset sounds like you've got an ear infection or you're completely congested. <laughs> really? Because I hate your headset. Okay. Well, I'm totally fine with mine. Okay. That was actually my old headset. Really? Yeah. I can't stand it. Can't stand you. Uh, you know what that reference is from? No. Uh, Seinfeld. Okay. Uh, Costanza. 
Oh. Costanza. Costanza. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I just, th- it's, it's one of those little Easter eggs I just throw into the show. Thank you for that. <laughs> no problem. Uh, let's go to, uh, how about uh, Mac? Is Mac uh, a good call here? I think so. He's going to Mac in uh, MD, which, if I know my states correctly, Maryland? Yes. All right. Hey, what's Maine? M E. Is it? Yeah, I think you're right. Because uh, M-A is Massachusetts. Mm-hmm. It's one of those I get stumped on <laughs> when I'm playing flashcards with myself in the middle of the day. Hi. Hey, Tony and Jenny. It is Mac from Maryland. I, I think I might have got cut off on my last recording. I don't know what happened, but uh, I wanted to tell you uh, this quick thing. So, um, I guess it was about five or six years ago, I moved from Virginia to um Maryland. So we, you know, the, when the market was falling out, of the, uh, the when the market fell out for the you know the housing market. Uh, you know, I decided to upgrade from the townhouse to you know uh, a you know a full size house as the family was getting larger and everything else. So I decided to rent my old townhouse and buy a house. So we we wound up looking at a bunch of houses and. Uh, Found one in, in my price range, uh, you know, it was uh, being sold by the children of uh, uh, parents that one uh, of recently, the father died a while back and the mother had recently died. The mother did not die in the house, uh, from what we were told, the mother died in the nursing home that was really close by, I mean, it was under a mile away, but... Uh, um, you know, so we got the house, uh, you know, really, really good price because, you know, nothing was really ever updated inside the house. So, you know, but it, it was a good deal. So we get the house, we move in, no, nothing, no problems. We, uh, you know, we, we start updating. We're not seeing anything that really going on. Uh, but every, every now and again, we notice that we leave the house, we come back, and the burners to the stove would be turned on. Uh, you know, so, you know, it's just, you know, we coughed it up and said, hey, you know, we're just forgetting to turn the burners on, you know. So, but, it, you know, it keeps happening. And, and we, uh, you know, so it gets to the point where, okay, let's make sure before we do the house, make sure the burners are off. And, uh, you know, it doesn't happen all the time, but we, every now and again we come home and the burners would still, you know, be turned back on. And it just seemed, you know, I'm really with something you know, paranormal or whatnot, you know, we knew it was something weird, but, uh, the other thing is, you know, uh, I work, uh, kind of shift work, so there's a lot of times that I get home late at night, you know, like around 11, 12 o'clock at night, you know, the family's all upstairs sleeping, so I come in, you know, I'm still wound up from work, you know, I'll, uh, go put, you know, go downstairs and I'll put on, uh, you know, a TV show, you know, to get myself, you know, you know, try to get myself tired, so I'm ready to go to bed. And, uh, there'll be, uh, you know, I, I watched it down there for a little while, and then all I hear is, Mike. And I'm like, anyway, you know, so, you know, so I'm yelling upstairs, what? And nobody's answering me. So, uh, you know, it's, uh, you know, it's going on, you know, not, nothing going on. So I'm not, you know, I, I'm guessing it's not that important. So I don't go rushing up there to find out what the hell she, to the wife or uh, whatnot was so I continue to watch my show and then a little while later I'll hear Mike I'm what what do you want what you want you know then nothing 
Then, you know, okay, well, can you watch my show? Third time it'll come. Mike! And now I'm getting kind of annoyed. I'm like, what? What, God damn it? What you want? So, I, you know, not, nothing. Can, so I get up and I'll walk upstairs and, you know, go into my bedroom and, you know, the wife's asleep. Go look at the kids. Kids are all asleep. So, go back downstairs, you know? And this happened all the freaking time. You know? It, it, yeah, it's, uh, it seemed like it was happening quite regularly. Uh, the other thing is, that it would happen when I was leaving in the mornings. I would be going down into my carport, and I'd be getting my car, and I'd hear, Mike! You know? So, uh, yeah, it just seemed really weird. Uh, yeah, so, you know, luckily, we're no longer in that house. Uh... I decided to, uh, my in-laws house to fail and we needed a place where they can live with us. So I decided to rent that house out and, uh, we moved into a bigger house where I could fit my in-laws as well. So, uh, you know, I haven't, I, I don't want to ask the tenants, you know, Hey, you hearing, uh, anybody calling your name tonight or, and you know, I wasn't replacing the, uh, stove when I, when I was, uh, you know, cause I can't rent a house that's, not upgraded, so I wound up replacing all the appliances and everything like that. So hopefully that fixed the uh, whole stove going on thing. But I haven't asked them about that either because I don't want to let them know that you know something might be weird in that house. So, uh, but other than that, uh, you know, I've had, I've had a few experiences at the new house. Nothing really, and, I, and I'll call back and tell you guys about that at some point. Uh, hey, love the show. You know, good stuff and. You know, you all take care. See you. What's interesting here is uh, a lot of times when people have something paranormal happen to them, especially if it's like a first time happening, uh, at this day and age, they uh, they do a little Googling. Uh-huh. And they do a little, you know, research, you know, on the topic. Um, maybe read some stuff. Maybe listen to some podcasts on the topic. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> so we do pop up in those things. Um, I, uh, I'm, I'm just wondering what the odds are, if anything is going on in that house now. Uh-huh. <laughs> that the tenants are going to hear his call <laughs> on our show and connect the dots and go, uh, sounds a lot like our landlord. <laughs> well, it's, it's kind of describing everything that's going on in our house. <laughs> I think it's a long shot. I'm not going to say it's impossible. It's a long shot, but... It's it's possible, but it's a very long, long, long shot. Stranger things have happened. Yeah, but <laughs> I, I don't know. I would... My, my anxiety would be going nuts uh, with a ghost that's screwing with the stove. Oh, yeah. Just because, that, I mean, you know, if you want to turn lights on and off and mess with fans or whatever have at it but something like that where things could go horribly wrong really quick mm-hmm. uh that would be driving me nuts and and hopefully it was just a malfunctioning stove and it wasn't uh paranormal entities or something messing with the stove because i don't think that uh replacing the stove will fix that problem if it is a ghost that's turning the stove on and off yeah but it it might be I don't know, depending on what it is. The ease of turning it on. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I think that might 
play a role. I mean, if it's a old ghost and it's the stove that they've always known, they might not know how to get a new one going. Okay. They can't, like, handle the new, like, frigid air model or something that has, like, the magnetic burners or something on it. I don't know. I mean, I'm sure they could figure it out, but I'm just thinking it might not be something that they want to mess with. <laughs> that is, that's just one that would drive me nuts. I'd be, I'd be like giving up. I think on the property. Really? I if it's because it's a fire. The ghost is a fire hazard at some point. At that point. Yeah, but there's so many different things that it could do to start a fire. That's true. I suppose if it's hell bent on starting a fire, it's going to start a fire. Yeah. It's interesting. I think it'd be at least a little considerate and not, you know, only only turn it on when it's cooking food or yeah. know, wants to make egg rolls or something. It's more than welcome to, but. Is there a way, I'm sure there's not an easy way to like disconnect it or unplug it. Thankfully, where I'm coming from is our microwave and our little two foot tall entity that runs around the house. Uh-huh. That's got curly red hair. She likes to stick things in the microwave right yeah, now. Yeah. And so we have to unplug the microwave. And we've now sealed it off. Yeah. From her. But uh, yeah, a stove, it really just kind of depends what type of stove you have. A lot of times those are pretty, you know, big plugs and yeah. if it's gas. It's it, behind there. Electric would be the easiest. Just depends what type it was. Mm-hmm. So, that's for our, our future uh, home and garden uh podcast <laughs> okay if we ever have time to do one of those i don't know what do we talk about i i don't think i don't know i don't think it'd be as exciting it would not be people people will get really annoyed really quick with us oh yeah on that one <laughs> more so than this one yeah so hey if you like the show please support it become an epp that's an extra podcast person you sign up on the website real ghost stories online.com it keeps our show a going five bucks a month and thank you for that support in advance uh so there you go until next time for jenny brewski i'm tony brewski thanks for listening to another episode of real ghost stories online <laughs>